Welcome to the Talent Talk with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work. Today, I am delighted to have with me Oswaldo Bernal, who is the general manager for Bristol-Myers Squibb in Mexico. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about his career, his background, and of course, getting some insight into Bristol-Myers Squibb as a business and the the moment that's happening here in Mexico right now. Oswaldo, welcome. Hi, Richard. Thank you so much for inviting me. No problem. It's a a pleasure to have you here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. First of all, can you just give a brief insight into your into your background, and then we'll go into a few more details uh, after that. Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, well, so many things to, to to share with you, Richard. I was born in Colombia, raised in Venezuela, have lived in Canada, US, and now in Mexico. So uh, different countries, different cultures, and I think that that helped me to to build my my view of the of the war and the business as well uh, i'm a father of four boys and a soccer and baseball fan and more recently baseball manager as well uh, i am the kind of people that can study forever so i have i have i, have, I am a pharmacist uh study i took a, a master degree in administrate business administration and more recently another study in a business school here in mexico been in the company in the uh, in pharmaceutical industry for more than 20 years, which is uh, very interesting to say that I have gotten so much experience from different therapeutic areas, but also companies and and countries and regions. So that's a kind of summary of who I am, and a really fan of uh, you know sharing with family. Uh, barbecue is one of my hobbies, and traveling is another one. Uh, and this, at this time, I'm in, in this new role, this role for Bristol Myers Squibb, which is an, an honor for me to be the leader of a great group of people, talented people here in Mexico, and you know, keeping the culture, building the culture, helping the people to keep the culture of this company, which is amazing. And, and, and I'm sure we will. I have the chance to talk with you about that later on. But well, this is kind of the summary, Richard. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for the. The little introduction, and as you said, a very interesting background. Being born in Colombia, growing up in Venezuela, but also this this international exposure and fantastic, fantastic. So let's um, let's explore your career first of all, and and let's look at your background. Now you studied pharmacy at the Universidad Central de, de, de Venezuela, and I'm interested to know at the time that you started studying. What was your reason to choose pharmacy, and did you have a clear vision as to where that would take you in your career? Well, I was 17 at that time, so really clear, no doubt much in many, many areas, but I knew I wanted to be on the health ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So I started looking at opportunities in pharmacy, uh, in medicine. And when I learned what pharmacy was, I decided to stay there. And the reason for that is that Pharmacy gave me and give every every pharmacist in the world this kind of uh, holistic view of the health, not only the diseases, but also the solutions for those diseases. So that's why I decided to to take that that 
career. And happy to say that it has been very useful for me in, in, my, in my career uh, in different roles that I have. I knew, I knew Richard that being a pharmacist, uh, I needed to take additional steps in my career to, to accomplish my mission, my, 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 my view of, of healthcare. So I moved to the pharmaceutical industry, have to happen to different roles, administration, uh, stratum ops, and, and drug economics, you know, so many things. And happy to, an honor again to, to, to say that I'm in a big opportunity with the big company that its mission is really, it, it matches my, 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 my view of the life, uh, my, my, my yeah. purpose as well. Which I think is, is is more and more important for everyone nowadays. You know, in in particularly in the last couple of years through the pandemic, we've we've seen particularly the younger generations wanting to feel that connection to the values and yeah. the, the the beliefs and the purpose of a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure for a lot of people that report to you and and work for you, they really feel inspired by that belief and that connection that I you agree. have as well. Absolutely, absolutely, Richard. And let me tell you. This is a challenge, but I see it as an opportunity for leadership. Because after yeah. all these years and these new talented generations that are coming to the companies, empathy, uh, value beyond salary mm-hmm. has to be there, has to be part of the conversation with them. And, and also understand that what is the right balance, personal or work-life balance. And that is something that people like me that has been in this organi- this uh, industry for a while should understand that things are changing. And, and for me, empathy is part of the name, is, is the big name for the leadership at this time. You know, yeah. provide value, add value, add opportunities, maximize what every colleague brings to the organization. It, it doesn't matter what generation, gender, uh, preference, anything. I mean, that we are talking about diversity and inclusion. You know, bring all the points of view and understand what it, where is the need for the, your, your teammates or so the people that report to you. It's very important to be successful and to, to move the organizations where, where we want them to be. Yeah. And you, you actually mentioned a word to describe uh, pharmacy, which I think is more and more important in careers in, in general and the way that we look at. Uh, at employees, at candidates for potential jobs, at leaders, and that word is holistic. And to me, I really feel that's one of the most important attitudes of of, of a leader. Yes, to be humble, yes, to be empathetic, but to look at people as a person rather than purely as an employee. I'm really fortunate to be in in an organization that provides this kind of environment. And I can give you an example, Richard. We we have a kind of policy, if you will, to be, I mean, not on, no 100% home office, but we are very flexible on that. So we are implemented 50%, 50%. So that means you can work from home 50% of the time and you can work from the office uh, 50% of the time as well. And not to forget the importance of personal interaction, right? Yeah. But being flexible enough to give people the chance to work from home, from the, 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 wherever they want to work. Fantastic. Now, Oswaldo, many people will look at your career and they will quite rightly view you as a professional role model. They will look at your career and they'll say, I, I want to be uh, like Oswaldo and emulate his career. 
But my belief is there's always certain moments in your career, either professionally or perhaps when you're studying, where you take a decision and that impacts your future. What, what do you feel was the most important decision that you took to allow you to get to where you are today? Sure. Well, one specific decision, I, I, I can elaborate on that, but I can tell you that what, what, what were the behaviors that helped me to be where I, where I am now? No? Mm -hmm. uh, Risk-taking is one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I was living in Venezuela. On, I, was, I was in a good position in a pharmaceutical company, company down there. And I took the, the, the challenge to go to U.S. to a Latin American role and, you know, getting to know other countries in the region was a challenge. I mean, understanding their, their culture, culture, their health system. But then I was there and there was an opportunity to work on oncology here in Mexico. And I took mm -hmm. that, that challenge as well. And I took that opportunity. Let me call it that way, opportunity. And I am very lucky to have a wife and kids. They, they are with me wherever I go and they support me in any, in any new uh, adventure, if you will. And so risk-taking, Richard. Risk-taking is one of the, the, the things that I you have to have as a leader. And if you want to grow in, 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 any, in, any, in any organization. The other one is to understand where your needs are, where your gaps are. Uh, to give you an example, I was, uh, I am not bilingual. English is not my mother tongue. So, but I knew that I needed to learn English. And I moved to Canada for one year just to study English. And I, it was a challenge for me as well, moving away from the family, trying to understand a new language and understanding that I needed that to grow. Then I was in sales for a while. I was a district manager, sales rep, district manager, national sales manager. And I took the opportunity to move to marketing. And I was the senior sales manager that started as a junior product manager one time in my career. Mm -hmm. And when I built that profile, marketing and sales, I was getting closer to my goal that was being a business unit director. And then, as you have seen, you know, all most important companies in the world are moving to high specialty, to cancer, uh, you know, these kind of diseases that are really impacting the society. And I knew I needed to, to, to navigate that war as well. And I changed, I took the opportunity to come to Mexico almost seven years ago and be the leader for oncology and understand lung cancer, breast cancer, you know, those types of cancer that still, have, as we speak, there's people dying from, the, from those types of cancer. So risk taken again, but also understanding self-awareness, I would say, Richard. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sharing with you two different no moments, but decisions I made in, I have made in, in my career, in my career, in my life. And again, uh, being honest, and I'm, I'm really grateful to my wife and my kids that they are always there because at the, at the end, be be beyond or before a general manager, I'm a human being. I'm a father and a husband. Yep. And when you have the the support from your family, you are able and willing to take any risk. Everything that you've just said really resonates with with me i'm a, a father as well so i understand the importance of, of family but from a, a professional perspective i mean you you talk about risks uh in my role as a director in a recruitment business i help many candidates to to make the right decisions for their career and often we will talk about whether something is a risk 
or, or, or a challenge or mm-hmm. how should we approach that decision? Um, and I also believe that taking risks allows you to grow. It puts you out of your comfort zone and it forces you to, to look at something in a new way. Um, and then you didn't you didn't mention it exactly, but and correct me if I'm wrong, but I really feel that this is, is one of the things that you were trying to tell me is that you consciously mapped your career. And that's something that I often say to the more junior people in in that I speak with, in that if if you, whatever position you're in now, if where you want to go, you need to understand the building blocks to get there. Absolutely. Yeah, so, for absolutely. example, you, you said about you know adding on senior manager for uh, senior sales manager and marketing to have that, and then the business unit director, and then looking at special specialty medicine. All of those are building blocks. And I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in our here and now that we forget that each new step is a building block. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I refer that to have the right level of self-awareness, Richard, and to yes. understand where you are, where you want to be, and where are, where are the steps needed to be there, to get there. Yeah. Excellent. Good. So we've we've learned a little bit more about you. I think it's time to learn a bit about Bristol Myers Squibb as a as a business. Now, you you guys help millions of of patients worldwide every single day, I imagine. But um, um, a lot of people will know the brand or the business, but don't really understand exactly what it does. Can you please give us some details? Sure, sure. Well, Bristol Myers Squibb is a global U.S. based uh, pharmaceutical company uh, that brings hope, Richard. To, to individuals, families, and, and to, that are facing serious diseases like cancer. And the way to do that, the way Bristol Myers do that is, you know, research and development. We mm-hmm. sometimes kind of push the boundaries of science, trying to, to, to find the next solu- that solution for the, the, next, the next disease that is, is being really impactful for people. And that is something very, very interesting to say. And, and we are we have so many examples of uh, combinations or single treatments that are already being developed or are already being uh, commercialized in the world uh, and that are tackling diseases like lung cancer, like multiple myeloma, things that are really damaging people and also impacting their families and, and, uh, and, and providers but also that have a big impact on, on health systems at the government level, public or even private systems. So this is by, uh, Bristol Myers Squibb, a company that really dedicates their most of their resources to bring solutions for patients, to transform patients' lives through science. And that is not, on, not, it's not only Richard developing and commercializing new products, it's also finding ways along with medical societies, uh, governments, uh, other institutions to get access for those treatments to patients, to get those treatments really, really where they are needed. So this is Bristol Myers. And being there in the company for a couple of years, it's a company as well. And this is what I mentioned is quite what we do for patients and, and how we work externally. But internally, it's a company that really invest time on, on, on diversity and inclusion, really invest time on, on, on people uh, people development. So I'm an example of that. I was the business unit director for hematology and immunology uh, last year, and I had the opportunity to take this role starting this year. So 
talent development. I, I am an example of that in Bristol Myers. And I mentioned some of the things that we live in the, in the organization, like uh, diversity and inclusion, but also social responsibility. Before mm -hmm. this role, I was the sponsor for social responsibility in, in Bristol. And we have been awarded three years in a row of being a social responsible company. Uh, we have programs like BNOW, which is Bristol Network of Women, where we want all females in the organization to have the opportunity to be at my role or even a higher role. Uh, and to give you an example, my manager, my boss, is, is a very talented woman. She's very knowledgeable, experienced, empathetic, totally with empathy in everything she does. She's a leader. So this is the kind of things that Bristol Myers does beyond research and development, but also for people internally. Great. So if we then link that to, to Bristol Myers Scripps' vision, that vision, and you kind of touched on it when speaking about uh, research and development, mm -hmm. the vision is to transform patient lives through science. Yes. What, what does this mean to you personally after your time in the business and, and now in your role as a leader of the business as a whole, how do you drive this vision? In, in different ways, Richard, and it's an excellent question, in different ways. Uh, the first one is to, working along with different organizations like all like all camp which is a, a it's a group of people working and organizations are working on bringing solutions it's a coalition that, that generates evidence to improve care for those mm -hmm. living with cancer and we are part of that and we we are part of that uh, this year uh, when it was launched in mexico um but also we commercialized already solutions that are available for patients in different se segments of the of the market of the country and and uh, in, in addition we are our plans are to bring more solutions to uh, medical and med needs right mm -hmm. so in the future we're bringing solutions for other type of type of cancer but also other hematology malignancies that are, are uh, being important here in Mexico and also we are exploring new areas like a inflammatory bowel disease that is, is there is no there is no solution for that yet and we hope our treatment will will solve that issue and so that's the way we we live our vision on a day-to-day -day basis Richard. transform mm -hmm. patients life through science is not only as i mentioned before research and development it's also it's also access to those treatments excellent so there's that, that theme of access, I want to come back to in a minute um, and just explore in a, in a little bit more detail. But first of all, Bristol Myers Squibb was one of the pioneers in highly specialized and, and personalized medicines, particularly in relation to translational medicine. Now, for some of our listeners, this might be a new term, and I, I'd really appreciate if you could explain to us exactly what this is and again how this is implemented on a daily basis, because I feel this is an important theme in the farmer industry as a whole sure sure i mean it, it, we have to we have to take an, a step back to understand that richard and the thing is that that medicine that kind of one treats all is not is not really valid right mm -hmm. so these times this kind of diseases like cancer uh 
are there are solutions for specific needs for specific patients, and that is tra translational uh, medicine, and this is okay. more on personalized medicines. So what we are doing is trying to see where are the resistant mechanisms of cancer and mm -hmm. see what solutions we can make for that treatment. So that in that way, let's say patient one requires treatment one, but treatment one doesn't work for patient B. So what mm -hmm. we need to understand is what is the specific need for patient one and what is for patient B and C and so on and so forth. And in that way, provide a solution for every particular patient based on their needs, on their genetics or, or their, their characteristics of their disease. And this is where we focus most of our investigation or our research. Excellent. And how do you see this, this highly specialized medicine in Mexico currently and also in the, the near future as well? How do you imagine it will evolve? It will, it will for sure. And it's not only one organization or one person effort needed. We need to work on as a cross-functional uh, efforts to, to work, mm -hmm. make work on cross-functional efforts, yeah. So it's medical society, as I mentioned, it's government, mm -hmm. it's uh, academia, it's uh, private investment, private institutions, but also public institutions working on the same goal. Understand where the Mexican patient is, what is really impacting their, their lives, like colon mm -hmm. cancer, lung cancer, breast cancer, and see what types of breast cancer are more uh, prevalent here in Mexico, for instance, or yeah. in our case, melanoma, for instance. So this is this is evolving. Uh, I would say the big, the biggest roadblock we have is access, but mm -hmm. we are already working on that as well with different. Uh, uh, as I mentioned before, the All Can initiative. Is, yep. is looking to that to achieve that goal to open the access to innovation for more patients and I could say all patients in in Mexico. Now, li listening to you now, I I think about this this specialized medicine and and personalized medicine, and it really makes sense that yeah, from 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 all aspects, you know, we are individuals. We need individual treatments. Our bodies are going to respond in different ways, but also I'm I'm thinking from a purely business perspective. It sounds expensive, uh, and I imagine once you then start to talk about cost as well, this is where it also impacts access. So, how difficult is it for you to balance this as a business leader? You know, someone who has to take responsibility for both sides, for the patient care and the the cost and the profitability of a business. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, what is important there, Richard, is that. When you see that a patient can spend, can increase their life expectancy for one year, two years, five years, everything is worth it, right? Yeah. And yeah. that is the message we deliver to governments and, and institutions. And when we show the benefit, the cost benefit of that, those treatments, it makes total sense for everyone. So there is solutions, and and we're not talking about something that that will. Uh, is a palliative care is something that mm -hmm. really changes their life. And when you talk to people that can spend, and I, I have the chance to talk with people, patients, uh, that if they can spend one more year and see their grandchild, uh, meet their grandchild, or yeah. seeing their daughter or son graduated from the school, they will do anything. And we are working with all the benefits that we can as well, with government and institutions to make sure that the value behind the treatment 
and the value behind the life of a person which is unlimited is understood. Excellent. Now, I confess that years ago when I used to look, I say as a consumer, but uh, I guess just as a as a normal person in the economy, when I used to look at pharmaceutical companies, I never really used to understand the way that they have to operate within a society. So they, you, you don't just produce drugs, you don't just treat the patients, but you try to influence the systems in the countries in which you operate as well. How does that work here in Mexico? You've mentioned a couple of times Olcan, the, the, the society, but what are the other challenges that you face here in in Mexico and how do you aim to influence the, the society and the structures in which you operate? Sure, sure. I mean, we face these challenges that every pharmaceutical industry faces worldwide, right? Uh, pharmaceutical industry is a very regulated industry. Mm -hmm. uh, we are value for what we deliver, but we are exposed also to, you know, all the treatment, treatments we, we deliver to the patients. So, what we have done, Richard, not only not only Bristol Myers, but the pharmaceutical industry, and we are trying to achieve is to switch the conversation from cost to value, mm -hmm. right? And see the value that we deliver on a daily basis. Even when we invest in uh, physicians' education, is something that we use to make sure that they understand exactly how to use and when to use and what patient to use one treatment specific. In, the, in, in some cases, Richard, it's not ours. It's, somebody's, it's, it's a treatment for another company. But if that is the treatment needed for one specific patient, please go ahead, do yeah. that. This is what yeah. the patient needs. So I, I can summarize that saying that we are working as a, as a company, but also as a group of companies in general, not, not in, in one specific alliance or not. Maybe all can is the more, most important one initiative, but we're yep. working to deliver a value message beyond cost, beyond pricing. Excellent. So as I'm listening to all of this, um, I mean, it, it, it's fascinating for me and it's amazing to be able to get this insight into how Bristol-Myers Squibb works and the societies, etc. But I, I, I can't stop thinking as someone that works in talent and, and, and with human capital day in, day out. And I, I'm never going to lose that in the position that I am. So I'm thinking now about professionals and their career and particularly the if, as you said, the industry is going to continue to become more and more specialized uh, in the way that we the, that we treat patients. But there will always be a leader heading up the company that does this. Do you feel this is going to impact the role of the leader or the potential of the leader? I mean, you come from a pharmaceutical background, but with a, an MBA as well. Will people look for more scientific backgrounds? Will they still keep to more business backgrounds? How do you think the role of a, of a leader will change? Well, I think it's already it has already changed. As I mentioned before, I mean, uh, empathy is something that has to be part of the leader now. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, in diversity and inclusion, Richard, is something that you have not only to say, but also to live in, a, in an organization. Yep. And that means bring talented people from different sources, different uh, backgrounds. And as a, as a VIP in the organization, I will, explain, I will explain what VIP means, stands for. 
uh, I understand that exactly. And we have a program program in Bristol called VIP, which is verified, mm -hmm. verified inclusive person. Uh, when I say verified, that means I have to go through different uh, tests, different uh, exams, and different you know processes, assessment to um, to really show from the neuroscience point of view that I'm I really I'm an inclusive person, and then I, I got that recognition as a VIP. And as a VIP, we have so many things to do, and we're working on that. And that is make sure that we are not excluding people accidentally. Mm -hmm. right? So make sure that we are, you are aware of your conscious biases and so on and so forth. So that is something as a leader that I, I am I'm, I'm part of this uh, as part of this organization that I'm I'm very much aware on, on 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 what we do in that regards. So as I mentioned, we have different programs, different projects like Pride, Be Now, uh, that we are working on, and we have people from the organization leading that that initiatives. And I am the sponsor for that, and I'm, I make sure that those uh, uh, ideas and ways of working are beyond a project. Is the way we live. So what I'm saying is. Talented people that would like to live in a diverse and inclusive environment where opportunities are available. And again, I am an example of that, where uh, integrity is part of what we do and that we have a real, real clear goal like a patient, so solve issues, solve problems in patients' life with, through science or transform their lives through science. Bristol Myers Square is the is the way to is is where you want to be. Right? Yeah, yeah. I've I've done many of these these podcasts as well, though, with various leaders from various different industries and and actually in various different countries. And you know, one thing I love is that everyone is talking about this and everyone is passionate about it. And every company has its own solution, its own um, tool set, enable to enabling them to proactively increase the diversity within a business and i really feel this is a a movement which is gaining momentum i know it's been around for several years but it, it, with every year that passes i feel that people are really starting to live the words you know sure. if we go back 10 years ago it was very easy to say ah oh, we we believe in diversity but no one really had a strategy to to overcome it but now i feel that it's changing and 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 is different do you feel the same way I do, I do, and I and again I have examples of for that. I mean, I I have been in, I've been part of the diversity and inclusion uh, projects in different companies since I don't know 10 to 15 years ago, right? And mm -hmm. but I think diversity diversity and inclusion has evolved dramatically in different yeah. ways. Something we we want to make sure is that for us, diversity and inclusion is not the flavor of the month. Is the way it's, a, it's part of our culture, right? Yeah. This is something a, a, a way of life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and maybe I don't know, Richard. Maybe as I as I'm, I've been a foreigner for for all my life, right? Because I, I as again I, again I, I was born in Colombia, but then I moved to Venezuela and I was a foreigner, right? In yeah. Venezuela. Then I moved to US US and I was a foreigner in US. I, I live in Mexico. I love Mexico. But my accent, the, the way I, I my culture, the, the food I, I like is not really Mexican. I love Mexican food, by the way. <laughs> but anyways, I'm, I'm a foreigner here. 
So yep. that that has exposed me to yeah uh, discrimination in some cases, uh, some not really diverse environments, and I, I don't know if that that helped me to build this diverse view of the world of the business and and the, on the talent and and so on and so forth. And that is something that is playing my kids as well. I have a, a nine and eight. I have two boys. I have four boys. The youngest one are eight and nine, and that is mm -hmm. something I I talk to them very much about, you know, people, how we value people for who they are, know where they come from or where what they prefer. So value people from their values. Yep. I couldn't agree more as, as I'm, I myself have lived in four different countries now and not not faced similar challenges. I, I wouldn't say that I've been discriminated against, but I've certainly been exposed to, to different cultures and ways mm -hmm. of doing things. And I honestly feel I wish that we could give everyone in the world the opportunity to live in another country for six yeah. months, six Absolutely. to 12 months, because that exposure to a different way of doing things com completes you as a person. It makes you more rounded. It makes you more open and it, it helps you to, to accept things a little bit more. And on, on the topic of diversity and inclusion, quite rightly, all sectors at the moment are treating diversity and they're focusing on diversity of genders, diversity of race, diversity of religion. And those, in my opinion, are the areas, along with a few others, are the ones that we need to treat first. But I hope that in a few years time, the conversation then evolves and it's purely about diversity of experience. So, and I say this again from a recruiter's perspective, if uh, using an example, you know, there will be roles that, that you uh, in Bristol-Myers-Squibb need to fill specifically with pharmaceutical industry background. But there are others where recruiting someone from a different industry could bring a different way to approach a problem. Absolutely. Now, that's not the diversity that we need to prioritize at the moment. We need to prioritize getting balances right within, as I said, gender, race, religion, et cetera. But, but I really hope that it evolves in that way because it makes a much more complete team when we think about diversity. I, I couldn't agree more, Richard. And, and let me give you something that happened to me uh, some couple of years ago, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, uh, I was looking, I had an open, open position for breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And I hired somebody with no experience in cancer, in oncology. The first reaction from my manager and other, other colleagues, peers of me, of mine, were like, are you sure? I mean, we need yeah. somebody really strong in, in, in breast cancer. I said, she has the competences. Yeah. She has the mindset the innovative mindset that she will make a difference with breast cancer in this company. And I'm really proud to say that that person is now business unit director in that company. She remains in that company. I left the company, but to your point, I think we should go beyond experience. Experience is important, yep. for sure it's important. Yep. But for me, competences, attitude, right? Are, are as critical, uh, even more critical than experience in my opinion. And passion as well. If someone has a lot of passion for a, a particular subject or project, mm -hmm. even if they don't have all of the, the abilities, they make it work because it means something Absolutely. to them. So sure. I really feel that's important. Um, coming towards the, the end of our conversation, can you just explain to us a little bit about your personal vision for Bristol Myers Squibb Mexico for the next three years or so? What, what do you plan to achieve as a business? Well, Again, if, if you want to be in a company 
that is bringing more than six new options for patients that have no solution now. Mm -hmm. Bristol is the company. This is the company where you want to be. So we are bringing solutions for psoriasis, mm -hmm. for different types of cancer, different type of hematology diseases. We are getting into new therapeutic areas that we are not really uh, that strong so far yet, but we are working hard to really understand what is needed and how we can get the products, get the treatments sooner and faster for patients. So this is what we are facing in the next three years. We are we are really lucky to have in a very stable country like Mexico from different different points points of view. And my plan for Mexico is to to you know first develop the talent we have, bring mm -hmm. those solutions for patients, make sure that the culture we live keeps the same or evolving through more diverse. It is already very much diverse, but also you know keep working on that. Not leaving there that that concept uh, behind, mm -hmm. and lead that team to maximize their opportunities. And I, I'm a kind of leader that work really closely with people, Richard, that have the chance to talk to them very often. Again, I mean, I, I spend time with the people people in the organization, sharing with them their culture, their passion for things like the Mexican soccer team, but also passion for patients. So I would like to keep that for not only for the next three years. I don't know for how long I'm going to be the general manager in Mexico. I hope it will last for a long, long time. But as long as I'm here, I would like to be, you know, keeping that culture alive. Yeah. And I imagine as you as you succeed in all of these new six treatment areas that you mentioned, it will create a positive cycle within the business. People will be Absolutely. more attracted to the business. They'll be more uh, motivated, feel more connected with the values, and that will increase the strong momentum to allow you guys to grow. Absolutely, absolutely. But that, I mean, business will be the result of talent, uh, diversity, opportunities, mm -hmm. recognition, empathy, all the things that leaders have to have, in my opinion, this, this time and this time. And results will be, or numbers, sales, revenue will be the result for that. Yep. Okay. So you you, you mentioned something there, and, and this is going to be my last question for today. And it's the same last question that I ask to, to all of my guests. But talent is obviously important to, to you as a leader. It's important to Bristol Myers Squibb. But how do you define talent? I think we already we already tackled that answer that little bit, Richard. But I would say it's a combination. It's the right combination, the right balance of experience, mm -hmm. competences, act, 